Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. What's up, everyone? It's Noah Daniels, and we're here for another episode of the Real Hauntings podcast. Kat and JJ are not here as they're finishing up their summer vacation, and they will be back on an episode very, very soon. This episode, it's just me hosting, but we have a very special guest. It's one of your favorite guests that we've had in the past. It's Evelyn Kennedy. You know her as the intuitive psychic educator. She's the mirror grid on TikTok and Instagram. And I think there's a period in between the mirror and grid. Evelyn, welcome back to the podcast. Hello. Thank you for having me back again. Yeah. And for our audience that is like, wow, that sounds really, she sounds really familiar. Yes, she does. Because she is the guest whose daughter told her about her former life and where I think she said, I miss my other mommy or something along those lines, which as a new parent that like shook me to my core hearing that that is an option in life to have happen. Yeah. Um, oh gosh. I wonder, I wonder if that'll, if you'll have anything like that come up, especially since you've like, this is like your content now. Right. So I wonder if, <laughs> if that happens, you're going to be my ghostbuster. I'm going to call you and fly <laughs> yeah. you over and see if you can navigate these waters. Cause I would have no idea what to do, but no, that episode has always stuck with me. I don't know. Well, I mean, I do know, I think because I am a new parent, um, it is always interesting and kind of fun to hear a child story in the ghost world that even though it kind of started a little scary, but it ended kind of on a, a good warm note. And I think kind of brought a lot of information to all of us. So definitely excited to get you back on. How are you doing? How is, um, I'm not going to say we're out of the pandemic because this whole uh, new, you know, there's lots of stuff going on, but I do feel like there's more options to do stuff now. Have you been kind of enjoying the new old new world we have going on? Yes, it's been a little weird um, just because like my, yeah, I put my daughter in like a gymnastics camp. Um, and so we've been doing that this week, which is fun, but I'm like, you know, I'd, I'd like you to keep your mask on because kids can't be vaccinated right. yet. And she's like, totally. And also we live somewhere where I think vaccination rates are probably a little bit lower. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I've like had her going in and like, none of the other kids are wearing masks in this gymnastics camp. And so she's like the girl with the mask, you know? And I'm like, oh boy, this is so hard to navigate like the social balance with the like actual safety stuff. So I definitely feel like, yes, we're out of it in some ways. And then in other ways, I'm like, oh, no, this is still very real. (laughs) Yeah, I was telling you that my wife and I are getting ready to travel. And it's one of those things. It's like, well, we're vaccinated And it seems like if you're vaccinated, you're probably okay with what's going on. I mean, there's no absolutes with this stuff. So I'm just gonna, we're gonna wear our mask, you know, obviously like on the plane and all that kind of stuff and and just try to enjoy our vacation. And I think part of it is just because we haven't done anything in so long. I just want it to be okay. Like, yeah. come on world, let us have this. We're going out to um, LA for a little bit and we're gonna meet up actually with some of the people have been on the podcast and stuff because there's such a big uh, group of them out in California for whatever reason. So yeah, super excited for that. And audience, don't you worry, the Monday episodes will never stop. Hopefully we've recorded plenty. So you all, all the little haunters will continue to get their episodes. Well, since we last spoke to you, 
we learned about these past lives. Now, I know that you are an intuitive psychic educator. Can you just remind our audience what exactly that means? Sure. Yeah. So basically what I do, um, and I'd say that there's sort of like two sides of my work where this one side that does lean a little bit more um, towards the woo, I guess, uh, which is where I actually teach uh, like baby psychics, basically. So people who think like, I think that I might have something going on. Like, I think maybe I have a gift or like, sometimes I hear things, see things. Um, I just have like a kind of a knowing that that's something that's within my field. Um, and I help people like develop those sort of innate gifts. Um, and then also teaching them kind of the ins and outs and sort of like rules and safety things that go along with that. Um, I know there's a lot of like really lovely free content out there um, that can give people like the skills um, or, or exercises uh, to sort of develop their intuition and the ways that they receive um, psychic information. But then there's also this like, um, I don't know, it's like, to me, I feel like it's a responsibility to like make sure that people are practicing responsibly and ethically. Um, and I think that sometimes that stuff sort of gets lost because it's not as like, quote, fun. It's not like glamorous. It's not like, oh, look at my cool party trick or, um, you know, oh, I'm like doing witchcraft or whatever. Um, and so I think sometimes people like to skip past it. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, don't skip past. <laughs> like, this is super important. So I make sure that we cover all of that um, in the classes that I teach. And then I have sort of this other side where I teach more so um, sort of like self-help curriculum and just like introspection, um, personal growth kind of stuff. I love talking about manifesting again, ethically. And, um, I do a pretty big, uh, like self-love focus and just beginning to interact with sort of like your inner voice and having different kinds of conversations than maybe you've been patterned to have with yourself. Well, I'm curious because I've always felt that I'm somebody who is somewhat intuitive. I have leaned on that a lot in my life to, I don't know, it's, it's, it sounds so dorky, but to like get to where I am or to have professional success or get through school or even just like get through my childhood. I think I had to learn how to walk on eggshells a lot in my house. And that kind of made me grow up faster. And then I've always felt that that always gave me or kind of taught me how to trust my intuition to some degree. But what I struggle with is like, for example, a friend of mine was going through something and I knew for a while and then they came forward and told me what it was. Um, and I say I knew for a while, I just knew. Uh, they never told me they're a very private person. And then when I say I knew, I knew down to the detail of what specifically happened to them by somebody else. And I don't, how do I know if that is just the same reason that I'm good at poker or is it something more of like uh, from the supernatural or like woo-woo sphere of life? Yeah, well, and like, I feel like it's so important to remain grounded enough that we're looking at these things from both sides and like sort of like doing our due diligence. Because like, yes, like you can absolutely be hypervigilant from a, a, a history of trauma. And so like that can inform your intuition. Um, sometimes it can inform it in such a way that can be like really anxiety driven. Um, you could look at one manifestation of that, of, of being like people who are maybe like hypochondriacs or people who are um, 
and just have had like abusive family relationships. And so it means that they're able to observe and react to the subtlest nuance mm. in someone else. Um, so there's sort of this one side of it where it's like more of like a, I saw someone describe it recently as spicy psychology yeah. and like, that that's like what, like the spirit world is. And I kind of like loved it a little bit because I was like, you know, like this is important. Um, and so if we ignore that, like, do you have some hypervigilance because of how you were raised? Like, probably, we probably need to like, take that into account that that can be informing. Um, but at the same time, I'm like, Yes, I think it absolutely can be from the supernatural side um, where it's like you, like the way that I teach people to enhance those skills, like you had to enhance them for your own safety or for your own like emotional protection. Um, and so it it's, I guess, sort of similar. It's like some people become naturally better at reading situations, people. Um, and so they can sort of like absorb that information differently. But then when you start looking at things like you're saying, like where there's very specific details, you're like, it's one thing to look at someone and be like, oh, I can tell that they kind of went through something or something's bothering them. Um, and that's usually the language that most people would use around that, right? If you were sharing with a friend, I don't know, they're just a little off. I'm a little worried about them. They've kind of got something going on, um, but you wouldn't know what it was. Right, like right. you just wouldn't, <laughs> um, like, like, how would you know that? Um, so yeah, I think that that, I think that that totally, I think that it's like it all plays in together. You know? I've also found just, and this is from doing this podcast and speaking to people like you and other people that, you know, may I identify as a psychic or a medium or both who have told me to trust that part of myself a little more, like pay more attention to it. Don't push it aside, which I don't think I ever necessarily pushed it aside. It's something I've always, I don't know if enjoyed is the right word, but found very interesting about myself, but I find myself now that my thought pattern has changed where I will say to myself like, oh man, that person's energy is like way off. Or, or you know, I, I've started thinking in a slightly different way that makes more sense based on what I've been told from people who have, uh, you know, like I said, consider themselves a medium and have given me information on the podcast or what have you. And it's been really interesting to try to change the way I think as somebody who wasn't as hardcore skeptic as some of my other co-hosts, but was still a skeptic starting this podcast, even though I did have some supernatural stuff growing up. And it's just been really fascinating to try to start trusting that more and kind of see where that goes. Yeah. Well, and, and that process of sort of opening up and it's so funny. It's like, you know, people get like a gut feeling and it's like, that's, that's your intuition. That's information coming in. Right. Um, and I think that it would be silly advice to not listen to your intuition. You know, it's like, and I, I think about this, especially with like a lot of my female friends who have like known that their partner was cheating on them or whatever. Mm -hmm. And they're like, I just know I have zero evidence. I just know. Um, and so things like that, where it's like, if you feel that you're being pulled or informed in a direction, it, it seems like it would be kind of irresponsible to not to not follow that, you know, like, like, have you ever had that feeling of just like, you know, just like I like something telling you, like, I need to do this differently, or I need to change something or like, I need to, or, you know, you always hear stories of people being like, oh, I've, I've had this series of events line up that prevented like this accident or something like that. Um, so yeah, I think that like, 
following those little energetic pushes is important. Um, and then again, even if we're looking at like this, the spirit of like, okay, maybe this is like a higher power telling you what to do. Maybe this is your intuition. Maybe you're reading the energy, whatever is leading to that. Maybe it's just, you know, fate, if that's something that you believe in, um, and everything's sort of unfolding along a, a designated timeline. Um, but no matter how you, you believe that to be, it's, it's like, it's not probably going to harm anything to follow that, <laughs> to follow that, that feeling. And it's just kind of an indicator that it's like, if something inside of you, even if it is just you, even if it is literally just yourself, your heart, your brain, whatever is telling you to do something or, or like, you'll know that you'll feel better if like, even if that's coming from yourself, I think that's still useful. <laughs> For sure. Well, if, if somebody who's listening to this in our audience right now, and they're, identifying with some of the stuff we're talking about, right? They're saying, wow, I feel like I'm intuitive. I've had some of these things happen in my life as well. Are there some certain key things they should look at and maybe contact somebody like you to kind of continue that education where they know like, okay, maybe there is more going on here. Maybe I could be a psychic or a medium. Yeah. Um, so I am of the belief that literally anyone can develop these skills, except maybe like sociopaths, I guess it maybe be the only they people have their that own I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I do believe that everyone has this capacity. Uh, to me, it, you know, the idea of like a sixth sense and being able to read energy, like it is inherent. It's just untrained. Um, mm. So I, I do think that anyone can learn it. I do think that the people who should learn it are people who are having those thoughts at all. If you think maybe, then probably is usually how it ends up going. Um, and sometimes it's like, oh, wow, you have like all of these really profound gifts that are just sort of needing to be, you need to like be able to look at them and understand them um, to really open up more of them. And sometimes it's just like, you know, confirmation, like, yes, I can see that you can do this. Um, it's really, it's really interesting. And it's really cool to watch students um, learn how they best receive information. And a lot of times people have these light bulb moments of like, oh my gosh, like that's why this always happens. That's why this always happens. Um, you see it a lot too with people who have like really big, like psychosomatic reactions to mm -hmm. things. So like um, my daughter always has a stomach ache if she's upset about something. And um, like that, like that's, that's energetic information. Like there's no reason for your body to respond that way, like from the physical side, like nothing's wrong with it, um, but it's happening. And so it's valid and it's information and it's saying, ooh, you really feel not good. And so here's a physical manifestation of how not good you feel. I want you to pay attention to how not good you feel. And I want you to address whatever is causing you to, to feel that way. So it's sort of like, you know, just the way your body can talk to you. Um, or like you said, so like we would, I would call that um, clear cognizance when you described having just like a clear knowing, like I, I just knew the information was just there. Um, where like clairsentience is uh, that body feeling like, oh, I got, I got chills. Um, I had a gut feeling like if that sort of like, you know, stomach dropping kind of feeling. Um, the headaches, the stomach aches, tingles, that kind of stuff. Um, all of that can all be just different kinds of messaging. Well, have, have there been specific moments in your life where you have had one of those two things happen, or maybe even both, 
where it has kept you out of trouble or where it's giving you some big reward in life? So almost always, uh, like with knowing when something's not right and you just get that, like something's not right and you figure it out. Usually, um, I would say that I usually have that come up in like interpersonal situations a lot for me. I haven't had a lot of like physical safety things or anything, but I've definitely gotten myself off of one path and into another path, um, because of those kinds of feelings, but also like in like on the more positive side, um, like finding my partner and that kind of thing, like getting really common, like affirmations from the universe. So like, like the, when I first met my partner, I like very shortly after meeting her had sort of like this premonition and I was like, oh, we're going to like be together. Mm. Um, and then that was sort of like an overwhelming pressure within myself. Right. Because I was like, I don't even know if this girl likes me. <laughs> like, right. like I have literally nothing to base this off of. I just met you. But, you know, I'm like, okay, I, I, I can see this. I, I know this. And then it was just sort of like, I just sort of like had to kind of trust fall into it. Like, apparently this is going to work out and like use that to, to sort of uh, affirm to myself. Um, and sometimes I feel like I really love when you get, um, when you sort of like, if you're like working on manifesting something and you see like everything fall exactly as it's supposed to fall in order for it to happen, when you're just like, oh, this was so aligned. Um, like I could have been really hands off and it just would have happened right. how it's supposed to happen. So I yeah, I, I can't remember if I told you this on the episode you were previously on, but I, I know I brought it up before. Uh, I had one of those weird moments where this is probably, gosh, 12 years ago, I was going to buy a computer off of Craigslist, which, you know, do at your own risk. Uh, but I think I just started really working. You know, I didn't have a ton of money and I needed a computer. So I'd been going back and forth to this guy and, or I'd reached out to this guy and he took, literally took my first lowball offer, which I was like, oh, this is awesome. I love a deal. So I was like ready to go. So he was like, okay, but you have to come to my house to get it. I was like, okay, whatever. So I get in the car. I literally am driving to his house and just something told me to pull over and Google his cell phone number, which is like such a weird specific thing to do. And then it came up that he um, was an ex-felon and a registered sex offender, which look, I'm not saying people can't change in life, but I'm also, I think it's good to not just uh, stack the deck against yourself when you're meeting a stranger to buy an item off Craigslist. <laughs> yeah, you know? at their house. I mean, maybe uh, he's reformed and a great person, but then things started like really keying in on what he had said and like how he couldn't go anywhere and I'd have to come in the house and this, that, and the other. And it was just so crazy that, you know, something told me to Google his cell phone number. And then I was like, nope, and just went back home. I was like, not getting that computer. Like, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, and yeah, like that, that is really specific advice. It wasn't like even just like, oh, don't do it or right. like have your guard up or something, but like do this thing to get more information, to get that confirmation that like, oh, maybe this isn't what you want. To and be that doing. was 12 years ago. Like, I don't even think there was that much information out there with cell phone numbers. You know, that's yeah. been more of like in the last five to 10 years, but it's very strange. I mean, it, it's one of the things in the supernatural sphere. It, it honestly interests me more than just straightforward ghost stories because that 
to me can be a little harder sometimes to buy right into. But when I'm talking to somebody who's directly telling me how these moments in their life have been affected by this inner voice or spirit guide or what have you, it's just like, I, I want to believe they're X-Men so bad. That was my favorite thing as a kid. And it's like, come on, somebody be Xavier here. Tell me what's going on. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, and I mean, I, I it's like, I totally get that. Like you do want that and everyone's looking for answers, right? Like, and that's why, you know, religion is a thing. And, you know, there's all of these different sort of ideas and philosophies and even like science as its own, you know, platform for that. Like we're literally all just looking for, for answers. Right. Um, well, that's a great point. So how does somebody avoid some of the trap falls of, and I'm not, you know, I think if religion works for you, that's awesome. But um, I think you can look through the history of time and see how certain people have been manipulated by religion, or even if you want to take it to an extreme, you could say cults, but I mean, even just general uh, religion, how, how does somebody avoid kind of following, following, fall, falling, geez, Louise, falling into the kind of trap of having maybe a mentor in this field and not getting taken advantage of? Yeah. Um, well, and even within that, you know, like there's a lot of like kind of shady mentors and teachers right. um, that are just kind of exploitative and um, whether they're taking your money or even if they're not, and they're just sort of like loving attention. Um, I have seen people who get anyone who's overly performative to me is a red flag. So if you are lighting your candle to your deity and we're watching a flame bounce and we're recording it and where it's like, and it's just like, what do you have to actually show for your spiritual practice? And it's right. mostly aesthetic. And also, um, and again, if you're intuitive or sensitive, you know, when someone is like basically masturbating to their power. Um, and that I think is really common is people who kind of end up in this like ego space where they don't actually want to teach people and, and have them develop their skills because if they did, they would know that they're full of shit. Um, right. So I see a lot of that, like, well, I know everything. So you need to keep coming to me mm. where um, you definitely want to find a, a mentor that has an approach of at some point, like my goal is for my students to be able to do this for themselves. And like, maybe we check in for confirmation or maybe, you know, if something's a little clouded, like we can confer, but overall, I'm like, I want my students to not need me to do readings all the time. You know, I, I want them to know exactly what they're looking for and how to interpret that. And I want them to know that they can do that, that I'm not some like more magical than them, more powerful, um, you know, whatever. It's like, we're working together <laughs> on this. Um, so, so maybe I, if, it, if it seems too good to be true or too performative, or there's no talk of an end, maybe those are yes. some red flags Ooh. to look out for. So I'll tell you, okay, red flag. Um, oh my God. What was the name of that show? There was the show that we watched that was like six parts. Oh my God. It's going to kill me that I don't remember it. Um, anyways, there were, there was this woman who was a physical medium on the show and the show was like exploring different supernatural things. They talked to kids about past lives. They talked about people who had, um, talked to people who had near death experiences. Um, and one of the episodes, all the other episodes were great. Like I was like, Oh my gosh, this is so cool. Um, and it felt more authentic. It, it resonated with me. And then there was this one woman who was doing like physical mediumship, which the idea is basically that you're, um, using like ectoplasm to cast like physical sh shapes, like density. Um, and this whole thing, it was like, 
And like, I'm like, I know I can channel, which is like allowing different energies to flow through you and, and speak through you directly. And it does do some kind of weird things. Like sometimes it will change your voice a little bit and, and change your, your posture, the way you move your body, that kind of thing, because you're like allowing a different energy to use your body. But what she was doing was so over the top. Like it was just like, you know, like uh, kind of speaking in tongues and we're kind of like yeah. shaking and like, it's, it's gotta be perfectly dark and we have to chant this certain way. And we have to like, you know, and I'm like, sure. Yeah, sure. We have to hold like a certain <laughs> frequency, but like, we don't need to like do the whole hokey pokey. Like no, right. no, no non-physical entity is requiring some extreme physical sacrifice or gift. Like they just don't care about yeah. that you know they don't occupy physical space so why would they like need your song and dance basically sure. yeah that that makes total sense well full disclosure evelyn and i were going to interview a witch tonight um so stay tuned for that hopefully we can get that in down the road but while you and i were kind of uh workshopping some ideas and talking through stuff you mentioned that that's a subject that has interested you as well so you know, you are somebody who identifies and, you know, kind of uh, teaches and works in the supernatural sphere. What does that mean to you when somebody says, I'm a witch? You know, do you think you are a witch or how, how does that work? So I think that by my definition, I probably am a witch and I come from like, I guess I would say like a witchy family, like my mom was a midwife and that's like, inherently like that's that's witch shit you know yeah. um and so i i think i definitely have those ties um i think that i think that i am a witch i don't love the social implications of it um you know and maybe that's my own stuff to process but there's just so much performative stuff there's a lot of stereotypes um there's a lot of like dark associations which does come from sort of a judeo-christian like exactly. ideology of like witches are are bad and, it, and history um, hasn't been kind yeah. <laughs> to people who well not even people that identify as witches yeah. just people that are wrongly well, use uh, too many herbs in their soup <laughs> right <laughs> get them so i don't it's like yes i'm a, i'm i'm a witch i know that i'm a witch I have a hard time being like super gung-ho about that or using that in any of my my verbiage um, just because I feel like the the market is saturated with um, a lot of like smoke and mirrors kind of witchery, I guess. And it doesn't read authentic to me. And so I kind of try to distance myself from, from that side of it. Um, and then of course, like you do have like some parts of of like what I would consider like witchcraft um also I, I don't use or don't feel super necessary so things like whether it's card readings or um you know people can do all kinds of like oracle reading like tea reading and scrying and um that kind of stuff uh a lot of people do like potion kind of stuff like spells spell casting curse stuff mm -hmm. um and i'm just so not about any of that um because i think if you're working with the foundational principles of energy you don't necessarily need all of those tools um they, they can be a helpful visual aid if that's a way that you work but i don't think um that they're necessary i don't think that the magic comes from the tools um so when yeah. I see people using a lot of tools, that's when I'm like, 
Mm. What's going on there? Yeah. <laughs> I will never forget. And I mean, this is just, maybe it was just like high school shenanigans, but I want to say maybe I was in 10th grade and my friend and I were hanging out with um, two 11th grade girls. And I guess maybe they thought themselves as witches and they were telling us how there was this guy they didn't like and that they had bought some book or probably read it online since this would have been mid nineties. The internet was like literally the wild west Fresh. back then. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and they were like, we put this curse on him and he got in a car wreck and we're so happy. And I was just like, Whoa, that is some dark shit. So, I mean, is that something you necessarily think is real or is that more just like happenstance of that so person's I, life? I do think that cursed energies and like dark entities are real but again it's like you don't need to like cast some magic circle and burn a whatever you know like it that's just whatever but i think people curse people all the time i think people do it unintentionally i think that people don't know how to control their energy and sometimes like just throw anger at people um i've seen people like and a lot of times, sometimes what comes up in sessions with people is absolutely trying to like detach, um, like attachments from people where, where if someone is so fixated on them or has so much feeling towards them that they are throwing curse energetics and, and trying to trip them up. And, and, you know, so like you can do that without being like, oh, I'm putting a curse on this person. You could just be like, constantly speaking maybe out into the world maybe you're talking to a friend maybe all you do is talk shit all the time um and basically that's you are speaking a curse you are speaking harm negative energy into other people um and i think that that can be a lot more charged than people realize and it absolutely can um you know end up reaching people and really like taking a hold. Um, and so I think it's important that we all just check ourselves on that sometimes because everyone can do that. Like, that's not like, oh, you have to be a witch or you have to be a dark witch. That's like being a person, you can speak some curse energy to right. people. <laughs> that idea of kind of putting that energy out there. Well, I had a guest on um, that this episode hasn't released at the time that you and I are talking. It may release by the time the audience gets this episode, but she is fairly young. I would guess she's probably in her early 20s. And she had things happen to her while she was sleeping. I think all her stories pretty much originate like that. And she admitted that a lot of it originates from sleep paralysis and things of that nature. But she did have a story where essentially her this version of her mom came from out from behind a mirror when she was really young trying to go to bed. And she said she was fully awake when this happened. And it like didn't have feet and it was just really creepy, spooky, you know, that kind of stuff. Now, when I asked her the age old real hauntings question of, you know, zero, meaning you don't believe in ghosts, 10, meaning you do believe in ghosts. She gave an answer that I don't believe we had heard on the podcast that ghost is a zero for her, but demons are a 10 and that she believes that there is spiritual warfare over her soul. So not putting pressure on you to resolve this person's life, but just in general, if somebody is that rooted in kind of a religious ideology for what is happening to them, what kind of advice would you even give somebody like that if they came to you? Right. Well, it's, so it's really important to like meet people where they're at also. So 
Um, regardless of how someone wants to frame it. Like, so to her, she's like, ghost, no, demon, yes. I know that what I saw was a demon. I know that I interacted with a demon. Um, to me, I would probably be more likely to use language like a, a dark entity or like a low vibrational um, energy. Uh, that said, like, sounds like a demon. Sounds pretty demon-y to yeah, me. she um, sleeps so- with the lights on, like ever yeah. for like a long, well, and, long time. And- and in my childhood, like I had a terrible time. Like I absolutely think that I had like dark entities or demons, like looking at me, basically scoping me out. Um, and did you just learn how to kind of cast away that energy or? Oh, I shut it down entirely. So that's part of why I had to kind of unlock some of my like clairvoyant seeing because mm-hmm. I, you know, unintentionally um, basically shut it down. Like I, I just was like, I don't want to see this anymore and I want to sleep. And I was so afraid every single night. And so then it stopped and I I, like now looking at it, I'm like, Oh, I just like totally basically cast my own protection. And I was like, I'm not interested in receiving this information. I don't want to see it. Um, especially when like dark entities like that can't, um, they can't really mess with kids the way that you would think that they can because kids are like so well guarded um, by their like energetic team, basically like their spirit guides mm-hmm. sort of keep it on lockdown. Um, so it was just like these entities like hovering outside of my my sphere, basically like they I like they couldn't get to me. They couldn't hurt me, um, but they were just creeping, you know, Um yeah, so yeah, the, I would meet someone where they're at. Like yeah. if, if this is a demon, this is a demon. And the same thing with like other religious um, figures. So like one thing that's really common is people who were raised um, in uh, some branch of Christianity. So they have a relationship with Jesus Christ. It is so common that one of their spirit guides is Jesus Christ. Even if they have left the church, don't resonate with that anymore um, you'll still find that a lot of times Jesus Christ wants to talk to them. And so you sort of have to like navigate this, uh, sort of relationship. And a lot of times it's really lovely because, um, it allows them to have a relationship with Christ that, that feels more resonant to them than maybe what, what they were exposed to at their specific church. Um, so it can be really healing in that kind of way. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, it can be that way with any, religion, entity, deity, uh, that you kind of have to work with like the systems that someone has built within themselves. And so like, yeah, if if she had, if she had a demon messing with her, probably a demon. (laughs) And is that something people coming to you, they can potentially discover who their spirit guide is and what they have to offer them? Yeah. So that comes up a lot. And we explore that, um, in, I think the second class of my level one intuitive development, we actually go on, um, like a guided meditative journey to connect with, um, a spirit guide of yours, but some people, most people have like a team. Um, some people will have like, Oh, like, here's like my main person who's always with me or sort of like, you know, like guardian angel kind of stuff. Um, or again, like Jesus, (laughs) you know, if you, if you are of a religion where you sort of worship a one, um, or a God of some kind, um, usually that'll show up 
in in some specific way. Um, but more often than not, you have a guidance team. Um, and so it's just like, it, it's almost like everything's kind of ran like a business um, where like this person manages this branch and this person manages this branch. So it's like, oh, here's my guide that governs my parenting. And here's my guide that governs my um, romantic partnerships. And here's my guide that governns uh, my spiritual development. Um, and so you were talking of- when you moved your computer just then because you're using the green screen green screen background it literally looked like you were starting to float and i was like oh my god what is happening <laughs> she's levitating right in front of me i knew, I knew she was wise but uh, i'm gonna need a minute <laughs> sorry i didn't mean to interrupt you. yeah i just get a really spooky like one of those animated backgrounds but it's only animated like once every 45 minutes <laughs> <laughs> i'm too gullible don't do that okay well me. next time i'm on i'm definitely doing it okay. well <laughs> So I can't remember if it was you that told me this, but I've had a couple mediums on the podcast bring up this same grandfather of mine who passed away. I think when I was like one, I didn't get to know him very well, but um, my family has always told me that I represent a lot of traits that he had. Uh, They see a lot of him in me, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And something I was drawn to that my mom showed me at some point in my life, I don't remember exactly when it was, but I can show you because I'm wearing it, but it's his bracelet. So this was his identification bracelet from World War II. And after I had so many people, mediums and whatnot on the podcast bring that up, I was like, you know what, I'm just going to start wearing that bracelet. And it's been kind of nice to, regardless of what's real and what's not, or what I think, or what other people tell me, it's been really nice to feel that attachment to him um, via that, uh, the bracelet. It even has like on the inside of it, uh, he, he was a jeweler where he engraved his own information, you know, in case anybody, God forbid, found him, you know, deceased in war too. They could get his body back. I, I don't know how that works. But anyway, I'm just, he was fine in war too. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that that is like one of the positives for me that has come out of talking to so many spiritual people through the podcast is embracing some of that, um, regardless of what hesitations or you know, traditionally what I've thought about things of that nature. Yeah. Well, and that kind of thing, like it does keep, it does help keep like the memories of people alive. It helps keep their energy, like kind of rooted in your family, which I think is really beautiful. Um, and a lot of mediums will do like, especially if you have something like that, that's like something that, especially that they wore on their body. A lot of people will do like psychometry readings, which is where you hold, like the, the item of a deceased person, basically, and you receive information that way. And some people are like more gifted at that than others. It's that's one of those ones that I'm like, this is a kind of like a natural gift, I think, right. yeah. um, to receive energy that way, or to receive information that way. Um, well, I'm yeah, curious. So and I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt okay. you. Um, my brain jumps around. I just had a huge cup mm-hmm. of coffee. Um, so I'm curious, in some of your sessions, and obviously, you don't have to go into specifics because I'm, you know, I don't know how those people would feel, but has there been a moment that really caught you off guard when you've been working with somebody that you could talk about with us? So my favorite sessions tend to be when we make past life connections because there's usually something unresolved for people that like is part of a why they are the way that they are. It's usually something that maybe they've struggled with their entire life. They're like, I don't know why I have this 
reaction to things. Like, why do I feel that way about this? I react so strongly to this and I, I can't move through it and I've worked on it in therapy, whatever. Um, so sometimes when we do these past life regressions, we get to see um, like where, like the, the why of it. And usually for people, like there's this moment of, of seeing themselves in this previous version and, and, and just this immediate, um, like rapid processing of emotions, um, that I think is really healing. And I've, I've had my own experiences like that, um, that have allowed me to release a lot and to sort of move forward, feeling like fresh, Mm -hmm. like I'm more present with the now because I understand and I have a more complete picture of, of what came before that left me kind of where I'm at. Um, so those are definitely my favorite and like more profound moments. I'm trying to think of like, I'm like, I can't like share like a lot of like specific stuff sure. just because it's sort of like, a, it can be like so personal, you know? Yeah. And that's um, tough because I imagine the stuff that you do get is some of the most personal that people share. Yeah. You know? and, it, and it really surprises people. Um, and I know, like I just did a session earlier this week that, that had a moment like that where you know, she just saw, like, she saw the why and like the how, and just was so just grieving, you know, just really like grieving this, this previous loss that like, she was really holding on to, she still had a lot of fear. Um, and so being able to like, sort of begin the grieving process for that, or like, maybe it's ending the grieving process, I guess, sure. could be another way to look at that. So will people um, sometimes have like a full on vision while you're guiding them or is it is it a lot of like you relaying information to them or how does that usually work um so you can do either like just stylistically the way that I like to operate is I do tend to guide them sort of like shepherd them through um so usually I will sort of like set the stage um I make sure that we get like very relaxed if you've ever um done like hypnosis it's very similar um feeling uh to that And so you sort of like go into this deep state and sort of open up like your ability to receive that kinds of kind of information. And so a lot of times I'll ask questions. Um, Usually the way that I get into these kinds of journeys is to, um, you know, usually we're addressing something specific. So like this feeling, this particular trauma, this trigger, whatever, um, I usually will ask people to be present with that first off. So you have to like really hold a really safe container for them to like bring up those kinds of feelings, um, ask them to like feel it, to feel it in their body. Sometimes I'll have them describe it a little bit so that they're, they're really in it. And then um, I will ask them when the first time that they felt that was, and they sort of, we sort of travel backwards. Sometimes it's along their timeline, like in their present life, like it's a childhood memory. Um, sometimes it's not, sometimes it's further than that. And sometimes we'll get somewhere and we'll sort of see a piece of it. Um, and I'll have them go farther back because you'll be able to tell that like, Ooh, this wasn't, this wasn't the origin. This is another time this was activated, but this wasn't the origin. And so we'll have to go back further. Usually people do like see things, um, kind of like dream, like dream seeing, um, or kind of like recalling a memory a little bit, like how you can kind of like see a picture in your brain, but it's, you know, it's not in the physical. Right. Um, 
and then sometimes people, you know, like you would probably have more like of that clear cognizance, clear knowing. Um, and so people that operate like that, I tend to ask them a lot of questions and have them just answer them kind of like trusting what comes up. And sometimes people need a lot of reminders, like trust what comes up. And so they'll sort of like share with me, like where they're at, what they're seeing, what they're feeling. Um, if they just have a knowing like that, like, oh, I, I, I think this, I think this is what happened. I think this is where I am. Um, and so then you can sort of like develop from there. And then usually how we resolve it is uh, by interacting with that previous version of self, there's sort of like this integration that has to happen, right? Where this version of self is like stuck in this moment and it's like tied to you, but it's also tied to this moment. Um, and so we, I will usually ask like, what did, what does this version of you need to know? Like, what did they need to know in that moment? What, what were they missing? How can they move through this? Um, That's interesting. Yeah, I, I've never said this aloud. I've always had, uh, it's not going to sound silly to you. It sounds silly for me to say it out loud, <laughs> but I've always had this, like, I don't know what the right word, I guess just in my mind's eye, I have always seen and felt a, like, uh, old Western revolver and, and touching it and feeling it and, and even like spinning it to a certain degree and putting it back in its like holster um, and then throughout my, I don't own any guns, but I grew up in the like deep South. So I grew up, you know, maybe going to shooting range or whatever. And I've always been really, really not really, really good, but I've always been better than average, uh, with accuracy and handling guns, which is strange because I don't have any interest in guns. And then I've always just had that, that sensation or that feeling like I'm supposed to have that gun that specific gun on my person and i don't you know i don't know why or or i don't know if it's uh something that stuck with me in my childhood or if it's more the lines of you know what what you've been saying but it is interesting to think about that after hearing how you describe your process of working with people that come to you uh, to help them guide through that process. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like yeah well, and, it, and it's one of those things where like, that's one of those things where like, it's not, a, that's not like a trauma or anything for you, but right. it is like, this is with me. And so it's similar. Like if you, if you had something like that, that's like, I don't know, this is with me and I have this thing. So like, like uh, just for, for my personal story, like, um, I did a session and this was before I started practicing well before I started practicing actually I did a session with a, a woman um, who was taking me through a past life regression because I had um, like sexual trauma and I don't have I didn't have any sexual trauma in my current life I'm like I've I don't know why I have this right. like this doesn't make sense I don't understand it um, and I had to go back and the things that it connected for me were so many, like I used to be super afraid of horses, like hmm. really in a way that, again, I never had a negative experience with a horse in my life, but they made me so uncomfortable. I, I, if, if I was at a parade, I would want to like be on the other side of stuff. Like I was like this, I hate it. Um, would not go horseback riding ever. No, like, like you could feel it in your DNA almost. Yeah. Like I was like, this is a no, this is a no for me. Um, and so when I did this past life regression and this woman who was guiding me, like she didn't know that that's not what we were addressing. We were addressing sexual trauma and she was able to go in there and basically help me navigate this. Um, and I was like, Oh, like I, 
I like went back to this farm that I lived on and I was like a little girl and I saw myself like playing with animals and that was like sort of where I went to like be safe you know sort of like hide out um and I was able to see this like oh I was like abused and then I had to ride horses and it was like painful to me and and so I just had this connection of like oh okay and then when I was able to look at that um and speak to this former version of myself that was you know a little girl um I was able to to tell her like you know this this is different like this this isn't now um you know like hold her comfort her and make sure that like she knows that like it's okay it's okay and that we can move forward but like we don't have to have that fear anymore Mm -hmm. um and so I felt much better about it since then since having that understanding how long ago was that conversation that was like seven years ago wow um so it's been it's been a while and did Um, that push forward your interest in this field like was that a a launching point for you Um, especially because it was so, and it surprises people when you do these kinds of sessions with them. And it surprised me when I had this kind of session done too, where I was, I mean, you're in it. Like it's, it's, it's so emotional. It's so, I mean, I was just crying and like, you can just like see, see everything and just like feel it. And, um, it's tender, you know, like it, it can leave people in a, in a really tender state. So you got to make sure you really like tie up all the loose ends and everything, but it definitely sparked my interest because of how I left that session feeling. And then how I continued to feel afterwards, right. like I was like unburdened, um, That's by like, you know, the, the initial reason that I went, but then also this other stuff that I was like, I didn't even know, um, yeah. And wow. I did, I, I will share, I did a session, um, on someone that I knew, and this was early, like I, I wasn't even really that trained. I had just had a lot of these sessions done. Um, and so I was like, okay, this is sort of the pattern. And so I took them through this, um, and they could like see themselves walking in the woods. And this is a person who is struggling with, um, intense depression uh and so i they they saw a former version of themselves walking in the woods uh they could tell me that they were holding something in their hand it was kind of heavy they felt like they were walking away from something and they wanted to go back and so he just kind of kept saying like i want to go back um i feel like i'm supposed to go back i'm not supposed to be here i want to go back um and i was like you know can you like is that an option can you turn around and go back and, um, you know, he just cried and said, I can't, I can't go back. I cannot go back. Um, and so it was obvious that this version of himself had this, you know, for whatever reason, leaving like, and it was like his town, his family, he was walking into the woods um, and, and wanting to go back and feeling like he couldn't go back. Um, and then after when he sort of like came back present again, um, because he didn't really ever get clarity on what was in his hands, Um, and when I asked him, like, can you, what does this version of yourself need to know? Um, and it was, I mean, it was just, it was really sad. It was just like, uh, there's, it doesn't matter. Like, there's nothing that you can do basically. It was so like forlorn. Um, and then when he sort of was grounded again and I asked him about it and he was like, I was holding a gun. And so he like went out in the woods and and killed himself in this previous life. And it was like, I think seeing that and feeling that weight, um, 
I think it helped like contextualize like oh, I'm still carrying, like this, literally what I was feeling, the the heaviness of carrying this gun, but also of carrying whatever pressures, whatever, whatever led to this moment, like that he was still dragging that in this life, this, ugh, you know, and so it can just be really healing to, to go into those experiences and, and see the picture and understand like that was then, and this is now. Sure. And so now I can be in a new place basically i can have yeah. a fresh start. It's like you can give people perspective and growth all in one yeah kind of yeah. uh sitting wow well that is fascinating um i i don't know it's it's so fun to have you back on i i feel the same way that i did last time we spoke and i it had to be months ago i mean i don't know a time know. pandemic time pandemic time is so <laughs> hard to understand especially now that i'm starting to see friends again that I haven't seen and hung out with in like a year. It it feels like yesterday that we were, you know, uh, that's neither here nor there, but it's very strange. Well, Evelyn, I'm so happy that you were able to come on the podcast. I do want the fans to know exactly how they can reach you. I know they can go to your TikTok and Instagram, which is the mirror grid, uh, which is just the word, the period, mirror, period, grid. Um, and then is your website, themirrorgrid.com as well? Yes, themirrorgrid.com, no periods in that one, just the mirror grid. Um, and all of my information on like booking a session is on there. Um, any of my current classes that I have running will be on there. Um, and you're welcome to join my mailing list too. That's the best way to stay up to date. And I do send out little, um, you know, specials. And a lot of times I'll do like little channeled um messages from spirit that i will send out so if you're interested in that definitely yeah audience i will say you know we i know we bring kind of a plethora of guests on this podcast which is something at least from what we've heard is you all enjoy that you kind of get people with personal ghost stories or you know just it's all kind of different versions of the supernatural if if you are interested in this obviously i myself am inherently skeptical about things but I do very much enjoy talking with Evelyn and I feel like I always learn a lot. Um, and it always leaves me wanting to learn more, which, hey, maybe that's a gift that you have. But, um, but yeah, check her out. Check out her website, her Instagram or TikTok if you have any curiosity about these topics and let us know um, how it goes. And at the very least, just go follow her on Instagram and TikTok. That's the least that's we can do, y'all. follow, right? right? You know, her content on TikTok is really awesome too. I check it out um, from time to time. Well, Evelyn, thank you so much for joining us. Before I get you out of here, since I don't have any co-hosts, I'm going to have to have you help me with the outro, if that's something you're willing to do. Can you help me with that? Sure, totally. Okay, so I'm going to say I'm Noah Daniels. You'll say your name, and then we'll go at the end of it. Okay. All right. With that, I'm Noah Daniels. And I'm Evelyn Kennedy. <laughs> really like the flare on your woo. That was, that was yeah. fun. Well, I'm a glamorous ghost. Yeah, absolutely. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. 
Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.